All right. Um, well, we are in this series and we're on the topic of power. Uh, we're talking uh, over the next couple months uh, in this series called An Obedient Resistance, Obedience to Jesus, Resistance to the Culture of the Day, the Age We Live In. Um, and we're talking about three major deceptions and traps, if you will, that we get sucked into just by the culture that we live in, and that's in the areas of power, area of sex, and money. God has a lot to say in his word about all three of those things. And the reason we're looking at this is because it sidelined and derailed and ruined the faith of many Christians. And um, we also need to know that we have to, we get to stand firm in Christ and experiences his good plan for us here as we await the day when he fixes all this mess when he returns. Amen? All right. So we're on this topic of power. Authority and power, as we explored last week, who has all authority? God, yeah. So we established that he has all authority. The, be, the one before that, we established where our value comes from. Where does our value come from? God, Jesus. Yeah, and this, to this week, the answer is Jesus. Um, if you were here last week, somebody shouted out Jesus. It was the wrong answer. Um, this week, the answer is Jesus. Um, we gain all of our value from being made in the image of God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you are his beloved child, a co-heir with Christ. We just have to keep remembering that as we go through these um, somewhat controversial topics in our day and age. Um, authority and power isn't, isn't bad. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but authority and power isn't bad. I think it's the culture of our age where um, authority and power is just looked at with a level of distrust and, and it's getting more and more in our age where we just have an outright disrespect for authority. Um, and for power. And it's not so in the kingdom of heaven. In fact, um, God doesn't do away with authority. In fact, he set up human structures uh, with authority, with power in mind. The problem isn't the system or authority itself. The problem is corrupt human hearts. And so aside from Jesus, we can't get this right. We talked about how we're exiles in a foreign land, just like Daniel was when he was in Babylon. We're exiles in a foreign land, and you know what? It can be hard to discern how to relate with structures of authority and structures of power here in our day and age because we have all been welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. We, our ultimate allegiance is God himself, and it should be that way. Our ultimate allegiance is God and his word and, and what he says, but he also calls us to live here in this land and be a blessing and bless people here. And he has a plan for how this is going to work. Um, how do we relate with the government? How do we relate with, for you younger people here, school and your teachers? Uh, how do you go to work and relate with your boss who has power and authority? Especially when those people are opposed to the ways of Jesus. Because that's, most of us, that's the case. Not everybody, but most of us, that's the case. You go to work, you go to school. For sure, our government is opposed to the ways of Jesus in the kingdom of God. So how on earth do we navigate this? And what does God say about all of this? We're going to start with these two verses today, and it's going to set the tone for the rest of this message. It's found in the book of Titus, chapter 3. And this is my, this, what this verse says is my goal for us today. 
Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. I'm just going to let that rest a little bit. Man, we've had a few good years, haven't we? Anybody flying <clears throat> expletive Trudeau flags down the highway lately? Anybody sitting in their living rooms and grumbling against any form of government at all? Boy. Pop culture loves a rebel story, don't we? It took me so long when I was a little kid. I'd, um, when I was a little kid, I had a good friend who was really into Star Wars. I was a cowboy, so I thought it was a little weird. Um, but he loved Star Wars. And it took me forever to figure out that the main heroes in Star Wars were actually called the Rebels, which just like blew my mind. But we love a rebel story, don't we? Um, stick it to the man, right? You just carve your own path. It can feel good. Can you guys agree with me on this? Does it feel good to stick it to the man sometimes? I think it's a human condition. I do. I do. I think God has a plan <laughs> that is far better than our feelings. See, because there's real injustices that are done in the world, and they should make us feel something, and we should recognize them as injustices, but how we respond and react is what matters to God. He cares about our character. We love the idea of subverting or flipping upside down, resisting the wrong things. Whatever you label as a wrong thing, your personal convictions even, we, sometimes we make, wrong, we make things wrong things when they're really just neutral things. But we love the idea of subverting the wrong things and then changing them to our own version of what is right. It's a human condition, not just us here in this room, but at the age we live in, in human history, that's how it is. Usually, when we feel or have an inclination to that, it ends up serving what would benefit us the most. Right? Am I right? Just say yes. Yeah. Usually when we get on this, this self-righteous walk, we end up, if you take the trail to the end, it's really what's going to benefit me the most here. And we've seen it time and time again. Well, that would be what we look in subverting. To subvert is to undermine the power and authority of an established system or institution. That's just, I googled it. I didn't come up with that. That's what the word subvert means. So in February 2022, I'm going here, guys. Our nation witnessed the trucker convoy. It saw thousands travel to Ottawa to protest what they saw as inappropriate government overreach and excessive restrictions based on individuals' COVID-19 vaccination status. I don't care where you land on your opinion on that. This is just, we're talking facts today. That's what they were there for, Okay. This was politically, and it was deeply emotionally charged, this event, that saw parties on both sides of the argument go deeper into 
their trenches deeper and deeper, lobbing insults at one another and hatred, honestly, just hatred at one another. We saw this happen in our nation. And now you can be behind some of the political ideas, but the way that they went about it on all sides was just a mess and wrong and not the way of Jesus. And so we need to be careful. As followers of Jesus, we witnessed people use the name of God at times to declare that we should be free. (laughs) If we are in, just, I know this doesn't feel like it, but if we use our heads for a moment, if we are in an oppressive nation, are we still free in Jesus? Everybody say yes. (laughs) We are still free. We sang of freedom today that nothing can change. Nothing can change our freedom in Christ. So people have used the name of God at times to declare that we should be free, all the while villainizing others made in the image of God and wanting them to not be free in the ways they were trying to be free. No matter what your take is on this politically, I have opinions on this as well, just so you know, and I'm not here to just say those. Just so you know that I'm not like some perfect person who doesn't feel these things. I feel these things. I get angry inside sometimes when I see what's going on, but how we respond really matters. So no matter your take, if you hear nothing else, hear this. There is no freedom without Christ. There's no freedom without Christ. There is no justice without Jesus. There is no freedom without Christ, and there is no justice without Jesus. Have you noticed how many social justice movements have been started, even just in the last decade? How many protests have happened? I don't remember remember as a kid, maybe it's because I was in nowhere Saskatchewan growing up, but like I don't remember there being protests every week. What's going on? It's a disdain for authority. There are real injustices. I want to say that. But there's just this spinning wheel of anger with no solution because there's no justice without Jesus. There's just going to be more self-serving. There's just going to be more self-protecting. And even if the authorities are subverted for whatever the better version is, We've learned that the corrupt human hearts have not allowed this to actually end up working in the end anyways. We can't get there without God. As we've already established, God is the most powerful. And he doesn't use his power. Jesus said he came not to be served, but to serve. As the most powerful, he came to serve. You know, it's it's a nice political rhetoric to say, we're here for the people. I haven't seen someone who at least doesn't have an aspect where you're serving yourself, myself included. There are these pieces in us. God came to serve. Jesus came to serve. He has a good plan for his kids. So this is where you listen up if you are a follower of Jesus, because you're his kid. He has a good plan for his children who find themselves in the midst of a culture that is corrupt, because that's where we are, oppressive and anti-Jesus. That's where we find ourselves today. And his good plan is the way of submission. Who loves that word, submission? 
It's a way of submission to even corrupt and evil empires. Submission, I feel like today, submission is almost a swear word in our culture. Like it is a, it is a negative, bad word to submit in our culture. Submit, accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. Who just in their heart of hearts, like deep down inside, is like, I want so badly, I'm talking naturally, to submit. Nobody, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. But this is the way of Jesus. And this is a part of his healing our broken sin nature. Okay, that's what we're talking about here. I long to see the church walking in wholeness and healing in these areas. And I long to see a church that is so strong in this that we are a beautiful counterculture to the world. I've noticed even in our kids' movies these days, it honestly drives me crazy. My kids still watch movies, just in case you didn't, uh, you thought we were like so holy. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we have a TV in our house. We have two TVs in our house, actually. Wow. Um, you know, most often the kids' stories, they're about, bec- these days, they're about bec- becoming your real self in opposition even to something or someone in authority over you. Just like be yourself, right? We've been drawn into this so subtly over a long time. We talked about the philosophies that led us to this path. And I'm just, I'm not going to go there again today, but I encourage you to read, to, uh, read, don't read it. Listen to those past messages because this all ties together. Um, just in case you thought talking about trucker protests wasn't already awkward enough on this Sunday message, um, in 2014, in response to perceived racial injustices regarding policing in the United States, uh, Black Lives Matter was formed. It started out as a hashtag, then it got incorporated in 2014 uh, into a nonprofit justice organization. It was formally formed, and it was touted as a response to systemic racism and injustice in the government system. Once again, I'm not saying, uh, we're not getting into all the politics of that, that's just a fact, that's why they were formed. There absolutely is real racism and awful injustices happening in our world. And we need to be aware and we can be involved. But the reason I bring up BLM or Black Lives Matter is because they gained extreme popularity in early 2020. As Does anybody here not know who I'm talking about? Like, you at least saw the hashtag Black Lives Matter or it it was everywhere. It It was a massive movement. They raised $90 million in their first three years since George Floyd's death. $90 million. It means they struck a chord with people that they were willing to give, but BLM's ideology was such that the authorities were the problem. In fact, the founders of BLM actually, in interviews, said, we are professionally trained Marxists. Like, literally, that, like, publicly have said this. Authority is the problem. Thus, well, I guess authorities... Those in power are the problem. Thus, authority itself was the problem. Oppressing the people, remember Marxism, as we talked about. And authority and societal structures must be dismantled 
and then we'll truly thrive. Then we'll truly have a better way, right? So this is what they're proposing. This is what, in three years, $90 million went to. So this happened after the tragic death of George Floyd in early 2020. It was in the midst of a global pandemic, polarized politics, and just a general angst in the public. We, we all weren't at our best in April 2020. BLM gained traction with those by empathizing with the sad, real stories of racism and injustice. And they gained a huge problem, or gained a huge problem, gained a huge following. I read the problem on my sheet here. There was a problem. <laughs> the problem is that they didn't have a solution. They wanted, well, they, they have a solution, but their solution's not going to work. Number one, defund the police. Get rid of the po policing systems. Let the people rule themselves and give the money that would have been to the police to social helps. To, and we do need social helps. So we need to help people in addictions and poverty and things like that. We need that. But getting rid of authority does not solve that problem. If we, yeah, anyways. Zip. In their statements, which has now been erased from their website, because I, I read it in 2020 and then I went to revisit it just so I could get it word for word for us this morning. It's been removed from the website, so I full disclosure there. But it initially, um, and I, I have to think it would still be their MO, that they want to dismantle, publicly stated in their core values, was they want to dismantle the idea of a nuclear family because fathers are, are a problem that represents the patriarchy. And children would be better off with a village of mothers and caregivers than one family. This is just like the philosophies we spoke about a week ago. Every bit of data shows the importance of families in upholding society. Crime, poverty, mental health, physical health are all drastically increased in the presence of a loving family with a mom and a dad. There is a caveat, you can turn out okay, and you're all right, and Jesus loves you just as much if you, that's not your situation today, but that is God's good design. That's how he made it to work. In fact, I come from a broken home, and I'd like to think that I'm a little less messed up than I used to be. Um, thank you, Jesus. The result of this movement has brought widespread division and hatred between parties, not to mention that $60 million of that money, we have no clue where it went. 30 million of it went to charities, and the rest, I don't know. We don't know exactly. We don't know. But it's troubling. This is at times turned violent and has never once brought any form of true justice to the table. Right? It's just another, I feel this, so I want to rebel and make something happen. It's the the way human hearts are. God instituted leadership and authority. It's not the problem. Human hearts are the problem. So in a culture like ours, now this is going to touch some points here. I want you to know that as I whenever I talk about sins, specific sins, God has grace for sin. We sang of it today, okay? 
But we live in a culture that celebrates sin and we need to speak out against that in love. So in a culture like ours, where abortion is legal, assisted suicide is becoming normalized, sexual immorality is celebrated with passion, and parents are at threat right now of being stripped of authority over their children, how do we as Christians respond? Even just simply like when the money we give to taxes goes into funding things that are against the way of Jesus, what do we do? Do we subvert (laughs) and do we just try to overthrow or do we just throw dislike or hate or fly the flag on the back of our lifted truck? I have a lifted truck, so I'm not stereotyping here, all right? (laughs) There's a different way. It's difficult, but it's way better. It leads to more healing, and it leads to more wholeness in Jesus. Of course, it's his way. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to flip open to 1 Peter chapter 2 with me here this morning. It's right near the end of your Bible. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to just read this. And, and as we read this, this is the Word of God. And I just encourage you, no matter where you're at, Uh, Maybe you're angry at leaders in your life. Maybe you see the injustices and you just want to stick it to them. Let this word speak to your hearts and to your minds here today. So 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Boy, that's a good word to us here today, isn't it? Isn't that hard? Yeah, it's hard. But man, is that a good word. We're going to unpack it a little bit. What if we took this commandment in Scripture to heart? I believe we should and I believe we will and we'll grow in this. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors or to prime ministers or MPs, or MLAs, or your pastor, or the the elders, or to anyone in authority, to your parents, to your teachers, to the principal, be subject to every human institution. As sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So first thing we need to establish For whose sake are we submitting to our rulers? The Lord's sake. (laughs) So, first of all, we can acknowledge right away that any authority over us does not have ultimate authority. Who has ultimate authority? 
We've established that. Yeah, Jesus, God himself has ultimate authority. So by us listening to God's direction to submit to authorities, we're yielding to his authority. He has ultimate authority. When it is hard to submit to people we deeply disagree with, we don't have any form of government or any potential party in Canada right now that would be a on the trajectory to Christianity. In fact, they're all on the trajectory away. There's just some that are going slower. Seriously, we are not godly in our politics. So we've got to submit to an ungodly government right now. But we do so by submitting to the Lord because it's for his sake that we do this. It was a in the... 60s AD, I believe, late 50s, early 60s AD, that it's believed Peter would have been writing uh, this letter. And at that time, there was a, a Roman emperor who was ruling over the land that Peter was in at that time, and the emperor's name was Nero. Who, if you remember anything about Nero from history, he was not a nice guy. We can talk all day long about oppression and government overreach and overstep, and I'm, I'm into having those conversations. Like, those are worthwhile conversations, okay? But Nero, uh, if you remember history class, some of, some of you kids here might be in the midst of history class, uh, there was something called the Great Roman Fire, where like 70 to 80% of Rome burned to the ground, and that was under Nero's watch. And Nero blamed these, this new sect called the Christians, or the people of the way, they blamed the fire on them. And it's, it's been told throughout, throughout history, a couple of the early writers, that be, after this happened, Nero was, forgive me for, I just need to tell you this information. It's not fun. Nero lit Christians on fire, alive to light the walkways in Rome. That's what he did. He was corrupt um, many have um, wondered if he set the fires and started them himself. He was a horrible emperor who was entirely ab about doing his own, just his own worship. Okay? That is the emperor when Peter writes, whether it be to the emperor, be subject to him. Be subject to them. That's what he says. I can't imagine being in that position. That would be incredibly difficult. But because of the Lord, we submit. For this is the will of God. Like, this is God's plan for you. That by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. I don't know how many people, I just get the opportunity to talk to people about God and about the church and Christianity because as soon as you're just like, oh, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. And it's like, oh, yeah, the church. And you know, oh, I went to church, but those people, they're hypocritical. How many people have heard that's the reason people don't come to church? Because of those hypocrites in the church, right? Because you talk about peace and love, and then you fly the flag and bust down the guy's door because you hate him so much. What the heck? Sorry. Church, 
We can't be like that. This is the will of God that by doing good, by submitting, by being different than everybody else who just wants to fight, they have nothing on you. They have nothing bad they can say to you. I had a funny thought as I was driving, is Jesse here? Okay, as I was driving the inn this morning and I was going 15 over the speed limit because I didn't want to set my cruise because it was foggy and then I looked down and I was like, oh, cruise control keeps me honest. And, um, and I was like, I'm speaking about submitting to the government this morning. I actually had to like confess that to the Lord this morning. Like, I'm sorry. That's so all I confess it to you. But we don't want anybody to have anything to say. How embarrassing that would that be at 6.30 in the morning getting pulled over and be like, why are you going so fast? I'm on my way to church. I got to preach. I got to get prayed up, you know. Like, what a bad example. We don't want to be those hypocritical Christians. We want to love in sincerity. Don't we? Oh, it's hard though, isn't it? People want to discredit Christians every chance they can get, and it's only increasing in this day. Let's not give them an excuse. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as people who are free. Boy, you could say and go on a billion tangents on this line, but live as people who are free. Does the, any authority, your teacher, your government, your boss, have ultimate authority over you? No, they don't. They don't. You're, you're free as far as that's concerned. You are also free in regards to sin. You are also free. <laughs> you are also free to know and free to choose what is right over what is evil. So live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. You know, the reason I brought this trucker convoy up was because we, they were touting freedom, and we should have freedom. We should have freedom, okay? People should be free. I'm not talking just to be Christians. I'm talking people should have the right to make their decisions and be free as long as they're not doing violence against people, right? Like, people can be free. But you go there searching for freedom, but it's a cover-up for evil. You're just self-serving. You're just self-seeking. You're hating other people. You're doing all sorts of other sins in your freedom. Don't do that. Don't use your freedom. I'm free. I don't need to as a cover-up for evil. Don't use your freedom in Christ and your entrance into the kingdom of heaven as an excuse to be like, Authorities and governments here, I listen to God only. Well, God told you to submit to them. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor everyone. Have, has our speech, have our discussions and our words been honorable to everyone? I'm not just talking, like, let's get, you can get your mind out of COVID for a second. I know it's kind of like, it's just kind of drawn us in there. Um, it's been all-encompassing for many for a few years. So 
Have you honored everyone? Or do you speak about authorities in a dishonorable way? Would you bring dishonor to them? That's the flip side of honor, dishonor. Love the brotherhood. Well, that's us here. Fear God. Oh, if we fear God, we're going to submit to authorities, right? Honor the emperor. Peter's telling these Christians to honor Nero, who's burning their brothers and sisters right now. And he's telling them to honor them, okay? I'm not minimizing the difficulty, but I am bringing God's word. What does it look like to honor the emperor? It's not a choice for us. It looks like watching how we speak. It looks like willing to take the back seat. We've already established that in the last message. Being willing to not be first. Being willing to suffer like Jesus suffered. Being willing to serve like Jesus served. This isn't a sermon on what do we do with injustice, by the way. There's a lot more conversation there. We should be involved. This is a conversation about submission to authorities today, okay? I don't want us to get those confused. We resist at times only at the point where the command from an authority would cause us to be in sin against the commands of God, okay? That's where we resist, and only then. We talked at the very first point of this series about Daniel in Babylon and how he joined and served in a pagan nation. And he only rebelled and didn't go along with them when he was supposed to worship something other than Jesus or Yahweh. <laughs> and uh, well, we saw he like asked about the food thing. So Daniel resisted. It's good to resist. And we have a New Testament example of it. When, when this new church is being formed and, and Peter and John, they're preaching the gospel. And in Acts 5, we see that the authorities in their sphere say, you need to be quiet and not talk about this Jesus thing anymore. Done. All done. Because they were now taken in and we'll release you, but you need to be quiet. And we have this phrase there. I said, we must obey God rather than men. Okay? So when it gets, there's a line that's crossed that we, we will resist, okay? But we resist in humility and we resist in love and we resist as we fear God and we continue to honor everyone. Everyone. So if it's not sinning against the commands of God, we submit. It shows the love and grace and justice of God in a far clearer and far greater way. Otherwise, we're just like everybody else, and we're just spinning our wheels, and we're not going to get anywhere. In Romans 12, no, I think it's 13. Oh, no, yeah, it starts at 12. In Romans, the end of Romans 12, I'm just going to read this, and I want you to Listen to this as well. This is the word of the Lord. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God. So God actually put these things in place. 
And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. What if we thought of people taking our taxes as ministers of God? Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. We, we like to read that last verse and we're like, well, I don't owe them honor. Well, you do because God said honor everyone. I want this to be God's words more than my words, so we're going to read a, a couple more passages yet. In Titus, we started with the first two verses as we started this sermon. We're going to read a few more. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. So remember where you came from before you're judging so harshly. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Remember the grace you've been given, is what he's saying. Be subject don't judge them so harshly, thinking you're better than. Remember how wicked you actually were. The problem is corrupt human hearts, right? Remember that he saved you, not by anything you did, but that he loves you. And he saved you by the work of Jesus on the cross. Remember that as you have to submit to people you don't want to submit to. Submission is not the same as agreement. We don't agree. We acknowledge that there's a lot wrong, but we submit and we love. So what do we do? First, first we have to ask Jesus, like sincerely. First, we have to ask Jesus in prayer and wait how do we engage in this culture? 
Because I believe there are people called to be Daniels and Esthers who are involved in the systems and the authorities. And then there are people that shouldn't be that get involved. Honestly, ask Jesus first, how do I engage in this culture? I think some people should have been talking to Ottawa. I think some people should have stayed home. Without Jesus leading this, we, we can't do this in the best way. So first, ask Jesus, how do, I, how do I engage in this culture? Because we should engage. We don't just hide away. We're engaged. We live, we live in this place. Our first bent, all right, I guess first we ask Jesus how to engage. Second, be bent towards obeying authority. I use that word bent because there are times where we're going to have to resist, okay? But I think it's way healthier as a Christian to be far bent towards submission to authority. Yes, even wicked authority, okay? So be bent towards authority, your government, your boss, your teacher, your church elders, your parents, and the list goes on. And then finally... Pray for your leaders. Um, Chris Puhatch, who preached here a couple weeks ago, uh, he was teaching at School of Ministers, and I still remember this because uh, there was political stuff happening, and, and uh, some people were getting riled up about it. And, and, he, and he made a statement, and he, he, he likes to ask people. He's like, oh, no, it was a personal thing for him. Sorry. Um, I want to do him justice. Um, he said... He can't, in good conscience, speak ill or really speak to the authorities anything if he hasn't prayed about it a lot first. Because that would be the wrong order of things. First Timothy says this, First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. So uh, you're supposed to pray. With thanksgiving for kings or prime ministers, all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So first, ask Jesus, how do, you, how do you engage in the culture? Those things that are just, ah, that's good. Feel that way. There's injustice in the world. But let's approach it appropriately. In submission, be bent to obey authorities and submit and pray for our leaders. In fact, we're going to pray for our leaders now. <laughs> um, we get to pray together. Um, some of us here in this room are like, man, I super messed this one up. I have had a garbage attitude towards authorities in my life. And right now you're like, I see that that is not God's plan, that you've sinned in that. Well, right now you come in repentance and confession to the Lord with a soft heart and you say, God, I'm sorry. Lord, I repent. I walk away from that, and I want to honor my leaders. 
So I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite the worship team up. And uh, maybe that's your heart this morning. Maybe, maybe you are in that place of like, man, I just so messed this up. What am I going to do? Ask Jesus and pray and be bent to obey. I'm going to pray over us, and then I am going to ask us to, in unison, pray for our leaders. Maybe that's a leader that you've struggled with. Maybe that's in our government. Maybe that's a boss. Maybe, it does, maybe it's a teacher or a parent. If you're a kid here today, pray for them. Bless them. Pray that Jesus would encounter them in a very real and powerful way, and they would yield their lives to him. And they too would realize his healing and wholeness. So Father, I pray that you would lead and guide this time. Lord, for those who need to confess and repent of rebellion, I pray that you would free them. And God, I pray that your church would be a beautiful countercultural movement that it was meant to be. Jesus, shape our hearts like yours. Give us wisdom in how to live in relation to authority. Let's, let's lift our voices together to the Lord and pray for our leaders. We can pray for government. You can pray for whoever is in authority over you. Let's pray out loud together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our leaders in our life, that you place them there.